Hello everybody and welcome back to Mana on the Rocks. It is I, Joe. Joining me as always, Atlas. Hello everybody. This week, uh, we kind of talk about a bunch of different stuff. You know, new new year, the tournament season's just about to get started for us, the grind's about to get started for us, and we thought it would be a good idea to kind of talk about our goals. And, you know, maybe maybe you're newer to CDH. Maybe you don't know, like, what's, what's in store for you. Maybe it would help to have, like, kind of a loose step-by-step process of, like, what's about to happen. That's that's largely what we focus on. Much like I need you to focus on these announcements, Atlas... What are we announcementing? Ing. Uh, ing, ing. Uh, today, I think our announcements are pretty straightforward. The main things are that we have two tournaments coming up. They are on February 10th. Uh, this is uh, CEDH4 um, up at Laughing Dragon in Issaquah. Um, it's going to be a really cool tournament. Well run. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll both be there. It'll be a blast. Hopefully we'll see uh, some, if not all of you listeners. Today. Um, and then we also have the next weekend, um, the OCCS uh, tournament, which is the Olympic Commander Challenger Series at our home shop, Gabby's Olympic Cards and Comics in Lacey, Washington. Um, and that will be <laughs> on February 17th. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a great event. A lot of really good players. We're excited to, to get into that one as well. And um, looking forward to having a really good time with that. Uh, the only other thing is that... Um, I was able to successfully procure a ticket to Punt City 3. Let's go! I know, I'm very excited. This will be the first, like, super, super large tournament that I've uh, traveled to. So I am looking forward to that experience, going with a couple of other friends. Unfortunately, Joe was not able to make this one. Womp womp. Womp womp. But hopefully there will be some people who are listening to this going to that as well. And then uh, looking forward to just having some really great games, high-level CDH play, and uh, learning a lot and having a really different new type of experience. We're really going to show them that the West Coast is the best coast, baby! (laughs) Well, I wouldn't put put too much uh, cocky vibes out there, but we'll definitely try. I'm I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Just joking. You're yeah. just joking. That's that's it. That's the one. All right. Uh, well, if that is that wraps us up for our announcements. That does. That does indeed. Excellent. Well, I can't can't start the episode without shouting out our, our lucky patron, Justin. Thank you very much for supporting us, my friend. You should come on down and get a drink with us. So, if I were to ask you what your goals are for, I guess CDH and like Magic in general, what what's like the elevator pitch for you? For my goals, um, I'm here to win. <laughs> I, here I to win. To, I, yeah, I I think it's it's twofold for me at least. It's um. I wanna. I want to do well. I want to to like win games, to succeed. So I'm playing the game because I enjoy winning, but I'm also playing the game uh, that I want to win because I enjoy the game. And so I think my two goals are to have fun and to do well. So how how do you feel? Okay, I guess this is hard to say without just like blatantly saying it. Like, do you? How do you feel going into? I guess the next quote-unquote tournament season, as we've been like jokingly call it, because I, I feel like out of out of all of us, and especially out of the two of us, you're the one with the target on your back. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's a target on my back, um, but I, I think that there's definitely and and you see this with like people all over the place, right? It's like you do well at something somewhere, 
And suddenly there's a lot of, like you feel, even if there isn't, but you feel like there's a lot of pressure to do well for the next event. And um, like you have to put up like sort of that same level of results every time. Um, which is really hard when there are a lot of other talented people who are also vying for those same positions, right? Like those same like one, two, three, four slots that everyone's trying to get, they're super coveted. It, it can be a lot of pressure if you, especially if you don't even like, for whatever reason, you don't even make like a, a semi, a top 16 cut. That can be like super duper demoralized uh, for mm -hmm. somebody who's been successful before, especially if like, like you have a podcast like like me right it's like oh i talk about this shit and then it's like all of a sudden well you aren't you aren't doing super hot so like why should i listen to you what's the yeah, point of why why like, why, why are you talking exactly exactly yeah yeah i think i think in your position i i it's got to be confusing and weird right just like how to navigate all this and how to manage that and like trying to keep yourself grounded but also obviously like you're hungry for victory the most hungry for victory person i think i've met when it comes to just competition like winning is just everything for you in like a i guess in my perspective it feels like it's healthy is it healthy i i don't know i don't know about that i'm not a person to comment on that right but i do think that um i i think for me it's like i want to win sure but i want to win like and i want it to feel i want to enjoy I want to enjoy the win. Mm -hmm. Like I want to have fun playing the game. Like at this point, like one of my, because we're talking about goals this episode, right? So yeah. one of, I guess my goal at this point is other than to like everyone's goal is at some point to win, right? But I think that my goal right now, my personal objective is to not just like be shooting for the win with everything you got, but like to have fun along the way. To like make sure that you're making those connections with the humans who are playing the cards and, um, creating an enjoyable environment and experience for everyone even if like you are stomping or getting stomped in the match like just doing your best to like be a good sport and have a good time there and i think that's sort of like where i've ended up is i just my goal is to just have fun playing magic what a what a wholesome answer i hate it disgusting <laughs> where, where where's where's the uh the showboatery no i'm 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 joking uh, yeah, I think I can. I think I can agree with that. I think you know, towards the like middle middle third of like last year, it definitely was hard for me to sit down and enjoy the game like properly. Like on it, on like a fundamental level, it felt weird for me to be playing Magic. Um, like I didn't understand it. Didn't it? Didn't get it. It just didn't. It just didn't click. Um, and I, I, as a result, like I. We talked about this a little bit in the burnout episode, but like I did, I did like get a little bit obsessed with like trying to get better. I mean, uh, the amount of times I've talked to you after tournaments and talked about it on on here, um, you know, like just the way that my mental and emotional, I handled it all. You know, I was so consumed with I gotta do better, I gotta perform. You know, th these numbers mean everything. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what changed. Uh, I I I can't really, I can kind of pinpoint uh, what happened, but I, I don't really know like the. The, the switch that flipped in my head that like CDH just got a lot of fun for me. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Um, maybe it was trying a different deck being on Hellcat, um, you know, uh, and having success with that and seeing what that can do. Um, I, I feel like every single time I play a game of CDH, I'm having more fun than I've ever had and I'm playing better than I've ever had. Yeah. And I think like that's, that's sort of like was my big turning point too over the past like over the past year or so i guess i mean like i hit a point where uh, as i was progressing i was like i hit a point where i was like yeah i just i want to win i need to succeed i have to do good i have to like 
win these tournaments. I have to like win every game that I'm playing, blah, 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 blah. And I still want to do that. Mm -hmm. But I think my mm -hmm. goal has shifted away from like being that to win every single game and to do super well, because I, I know that I'm capable of winning games and playing well placing well in tournaments and things. So now my goal is to have fun while I'm doing it. So it feels less of a chore so that I'm making sure that I, I don't burn myself out. I'm still having like enjoying the game because that's why I wanted to do well in the first place is that I was enjoying the game. Yeah, I'll keep circling back to it because I think it's a point that's always gonna bear repetition. Even even though we're competitively minded, even though we both grind tournaments, even though we, we do like winning and winning feels really good, I think just making sure that you are, you know, having a good time with the people around you. You know, you're, you're making friends along the way. You're, you're enjoying, you know, uh, going to all of these places. Um, I mean, I, I look back on all the, all the events we did last year and just, it, it, God, we went everywhere, dude. We went to so many. You, you more so than me, but we were we were all over the place. We went to so many places. And we had just a lot. Like, despite my my feelings on the tournaments, the trips that we went on and just going to these events and meeting these peoples and seeing these sites like that that was like the highlight of last year and why I'm I, I'm very excited for for this year to see where where everything takes us. Yeah, absolutely. So we we kind of like outline like our our general like thoughts and and like opinions for like I guess our goal. Um, how how would one go about like setting their own goal? Like say say you're one to start fresh this year. Like how does how does that look like for someone who wants to start going to tournaments and start competing? Well, I think I think a lot of it has to do with like some you have to start with self reflection, right, and figure out sort of where you are as a player and what you are aiming to get out of the tournaments. Mm -hmm. I think once you figure out what you want from playing Magic and what you want in competing in tournaments, um, like what you want to get from those things, that will really help you figure out where what your goal needs to be. And then like setting some realistic like benchmarks and milestones, like things that you can work towards to achieve that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can I can see that. I can agree with that because I think everyone's gonna. Pr I, I have yet to meet someone who's like, yeah, I just started playing Magic and I started playing CDH. I feel like everyone that I've met um, that plays CDH has been like, oh yeah, you know, I started playing you know like X amount of time ago, like a little bit. Like, th there's usually some amount of like lead up into like CDH. Um, very rarely do I think I've met people that that just jump right in because um, it's so it's so daunting. It's so there's so much going on. Um, you know, when you sit at a table, there there is so much just knowledge that you just need before you even shuffle up. Like it just seeing three different, three to I guess six different commanders, um, three different opponents, I guess, and trying to understand what all of them do, like just intuitively, is that in and of itself is such a huge like I guess skill hurdle, skill check, whatever whatever you want to call it, right? Um, where, yeah, you know, where you are is going to matter entirely, you know, and how much and how much of the fire hose have you started drinking about CDH? Because I feel like that's that's probably step one, I would say, is like once you start playing is like, OK, there's a wealth of knowledge and information out there that is uh, not required reading, but it's certainly going to help you. Yeah, it's and there's aside from all that reading, like there's forums to troll. Mm -hmm. There's um, you can like ask questions in different discords and things but yeah it, it really like you said it is a fire hose there's just such 
a wealth of content to consume, whether it's podcasts or um, like actual articles that have been written by like professional magic players or like co uh, other content creators or something like that. There's just so much to gameplay videos from YouTube. Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. so many things to, to look at and so much to try and consume. Like when you are new, it really starts to get overwhelming very quick very quickly i mean just even just as simple as just like what deck do you want to play um what what colors do you want to play for for the issues that i have with the database i do think the database is a good starting point for someone who is getting their feet wet into cdh just to see what decks look like um yeah it just every gives single, you a starting point right? yeah it gives you it gives you a solid starting point you know you can you can look through and be like okay what does what does blue farm do i keep hearing this blue farm what is this what does this deck do exactly and at least for me everything every single time i dive into like a new format or like i take a break from from a from any card game that's always like the fun part for me is just like the discovery phase of just like what what is everyone doing what have i missed what are what are what are the best things that you know the the collective consciousness has deemed to be the most successful thing and what has splintered around it and the database is so so good at that um you know there's everyone's gonna have their fringe tech and like regions are gonna vary um but for the most part like being able to sit down in a pod and identify that you know like mardu is turbo that thrasios decks are more often than not going to be able to play a control game or a fast game depending on how it's built in the pilot you know knowing what uh what the five color decks do you know being able to uh, suss out like the the weirder like two three color uh, three color decks um, and like their weird synergy pieces. Just being able to cultivate that that intuition so that way when you do sit down, uh, you have you're not walking as blind. You're still gonna have you're still gonna have moments where you walk in blind. I have those all the time. I know that. Um, but having that baseline knowledge is so helpful. Um, and I, I, I will still recommend at least for, for new players just to go through the database. If you've, if you've heard about a deck because you have started watching content, because you have started listening to podcasts, reading articles, uh, discord servers, like all of those things, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the next step is like, what are these, what do these decks do? And, and all the decks in the database all have pretty thorough primers to to sift through so they'll break everything down for you yeah um i think there are some exceptions to that like some of the decks on there don't have i think there are like two or three that i've seen at least that the primers are like a picture or something that's not very helpful but yeah but for the, I, most, for the most part yeah for the most part like the, the the heavy hitters you know your najilas your kenriths your blue farms your thrasios x decks like all of those are going to be like pretty well fleshed out um so you can start to gauge what what those decks are doing and then from there you know maybe you Okay, so we we've entered the format. We start playing. We have we have kind of like a rudimentary like baseline knowledge of of what CDH does. Now comes the difficult part. What are you playing? Yeah, um, that's always a challenge, right? Like, because because sometimes you want to try a new deck and like and then you you like have to find new cards and figure out what works for your meta and mm -hmm. there's a yeah that's that is the hard part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and that's that's a daunting challenge yeah and it, honestly for me it's always as simple as like well what colors do you like playing um and that's i feel like one of the easier and more difficult question it's somehow the easiest question to ask and also the most difficult question to answer because you can play every color combination and there's something there's some niche that I can fill there's something that i can do yeah they will be at the very least 
like viable there will be at least one viable deck in your combination of colors does that mean that it's going to like consistently pop off and be very good at like taking down tournaments no not probably not probably not but but like it gives you a starting point where hey i like this and then you play that deck and you're like okay i'm not winning a lot of games maybe i should try changing decks you take something take something new on play that deck for a little bit all right i've i've liked this i'm gonna go back to my other thing and like you take the lessons that you've learned from that other deck you can now apply it to the one that you started with like if you're trying to make boros good um like and but you don't want to play Winota or whatever so you pick a different boros commander and you're like well i spent spent like a month and a half playing turbo Nas. like what did i learn about what makes those decks good mm-hmm. how do mm-hmm. i how do i take lessons and extrapolate them to to this deck yeah, and there's there's bits and pieces that I feel like you can pull from every deck that you play. And I, for the longest time, wasn't playing blue, and I've gotten really good at playing against blue. So now that I have started playing blue recently, um, it's become easier to kind of like sense those patterns. There, there are things that you can pull from everything and put towards everything. Um, and I think just kind of shopping around, just trying a bunch of different lists, trying a bunch of very different lists, um, especially lists that operate at very different speeds, you know, like playing like a stacks list is going to be you're going to have to play and think very differently from if you're playing like a turbo strategy or a mid-range strategy or like uh, one of the weird like slices that fall in between those three like archetypes and from there you can kind of start piecing it together and then i guess the the next the next point after you start piecing it together is well you got to start brewing a little bit um at least for me, that's that's kind of how you start getting into, like, I guess, the mechanics of how a format really, really operates. You know, you have your quote unquote set of good cards and the, 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 the good cards, the staples are tenuous. I think um, I think for some people it makes deck building really, really easy because you don't have to think you only have like, you know, what, 10 20 slots maybe at most depending on your colors right yeah it feels like that that number of flex slots gets smaller every year because there are just so many good cards that are printed yeah yeah um but also it means that you can start you know are you start going through the card evaluation we've talked about this a lot um where you go is this card actually good in my deck you know um the the cards that make infinite mana are gonna function different and you're gonna be looking for very different things you know whether you're playing i don't know like a tim Jessica or like a, like a thrasios deck you know both decks are going to be looking to make infinite mana but they're going to be doing it in very drastically different ways um and then you also have like random commanders that like have very very powerful like one card effects um that are just win cons all in itself. Um, yeah, the classic example is Kinnon Basalt Monolith. You know, that is Basalt Monolith, not a widely played card in CDH. Um, but what it is, it's usually up to some sort of shenanigans. Yeah, like a power artifact or something like that, right? And then you usually have like a mana sink on your commander or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Yeah, and because you have that baseline knowledge of like, oh, this is what these decks do, and these are like all the good cards. Now we start cobbling it together, and oh, we have we have a couple of slots. Well, what do we what do we do with these? You know, do we do we actually want you know the you know sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth removal spell? Do we do we need to start you know scraping the bottom of the barrel for for tutors and stuff like that, and start experimenting, and start you know going through the motions as it were uh, i i like brewing a lot brewing brewing is a lot of fun uh, i i think that's where i have found a lot more of my like strengths in cdh is being able to just dissect a list pretty efficiently 
and like go through card by card and be like, okay, all these are the good cards. All these are the weirdo cards and like identifying and asking the questions like, why is this here? Why isn't this here? Where can we make this? How do we make these changes? Um, just thoroughly that's, that's, breaking it down. Yeah, really just breaking it down. Um, and that's 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 a great skill to, to work on, I feel like, is a, a very, very critical part for the CDH players like Path. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, is that like, so is that something that you're trying to focus on this year then? Or like, it's like so. brewing a new list or like dissecting your lists more, more diligently and making sure that everything like has the spot that it's earned um i think i should probably I, I should be brewing more than i am i know that i've kind of fallen off the brew bandwagon a little bit as i've just kind of like dug myself into my own little like holes as it were and like just focusing on my own list i haven't really done a lot of like trying out like different commanders recently and like brewing up different lists and seeing how they f uh they function and whatnot but that's it's definitely something that i i i want to get back to doing because i do like brewing i do like deck building a lot I just nothing's come across my plate that I've been interested in brewing with, uh, apart from like the decks that I, I'm already playing and already liking, just kind of effortlessly tinkering over. No, I get that. I um, yeah, for me, it's been kind of, kind of just one of those things, just trying to optimize my my one deck that I play at this point, right? Basically, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah, I've messed with a couple of other things recently, but nothing really scratches that same itch. I was playing a game earlier today, and they were telling me how I just didn't look like I was having fun because I was playing Esper as opposed to Five Color. It's like, yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> that, that is that does seem to be the problem with Five Color, right? Is like once you get used to Five Color, it's so hard to go below Five Colors. Yeah, or just like not even that, because like I don't, I just I played other Five Color decks recent, like not recently, but other four and five color decks as well and it's always just like this deck just doesn't keep my interest doesn't doesn't seem flexible enough. i like toolboxes mm -hmm. I'm, I'm also a big toolbox player but i'm i i feel like me and you toolbox very very differently yeah or yes, like you for sure where, where you're like you're trying to toolbox all the time and i'm uh, i'm trying to just land my cool thing and be able to toolbox and just pivot around to completely different strategies all over the place you're like no that all my cards need to be able to do everything and i'm like no these weirdo cards are going to handle everything for me <laughs> i'm going to be able to access them from any point in the game and these weirdo cards are going to rule everything yeah yeah okay so let's see what would what would be the next step after we, we you know we we've started figuring out a deck we have some knowledge we we, we have you know we have an idea of how to brew what's what would you think is the next step along this path Ooh, that is a really good question. I think that like after you, you've taken your deck, you're like, okay, I sort of know how to brew. I think at that point you just need like you just need like skill and information at that point, right? You need to play as many games as possible, sort of like mm -hmm. with the established mold of whatever like of the the source that is telling you how to play the game. Like if you're net decking your list, just play that like as much as you can, and then you can come back like once you have that that sort of like experience to to shape your opinions and be like okay now that i like sort of understand that this connects to that and like this card is good and here's why now i can mm -hmm, start mm -hmm. saying that like this card that everyone's talking about all the time not good you start getting jaded is what we're saying you start getting jaded <laughs> You're like, oh, that's that's when you get to the hey, Thoracle. I don't know if I want to play that. <laughs> it, it does feel like a revelation. Like I feel, I feel like you, you know, you know the meme of like the guy is on a fork. He's at a fork in the road, and there's like this dark, gloomy castle, and there's like this happy sunshine place. It's kind of like that. It's like either you choose the Thor, you you, you go, you, you choose whether you like Thoracle or you go. This is the worst card I've ever seen in my entire life. 
people play this garbage nonsense so, oh, okay. I mean, like, the thing is, like, Thorkel's not even that bad. It's just demonic consultation. Like, yeah, it's, just, it's just consultation. Oh, God. <laughs> Are we, did I, I told you about uh, one of my games uh, last week, right, with consult, right? I don't know if you did. Yeah, okay. Uh, context for the story. Uh, we were playing a... It, this was a tournament game. This is in our local tournament. And our boy Peter... Um, he, he's trying to get something going, he has some pretty good cards in hand, and he casts Demonic Consultation with nothing else going on. So, our immediate reaction as the table, we're, we're like, okay, so either he's consulting for, like, Thorkel or something, and he's got Tainted Pack to finish it out, or he just has, like, Thorkel in hand, and consult, clear the library, cast Thorkel, and win. And you know, as we're talking, Peter, our, our boy Peter goes, "No, no, no, no! I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to Thorkel here." And we're like, "Oh, okay, that's fine. Resolve your consultation." Names Displacer Kitten. Exile is his top six. Kitten wasn't there. We're off to the races. Two cards later, Thorkel. Devastating. Absolutely devastating. And the cards keep going. They keep flipping. They keep flipping. And like maybe like halfway through the deck, you know, his, his face changes from like happy to like, oh, God, just absolute despair. And I make a comment of like, this is why I can't play this card anymore. And this card just you will just cast this card and just sometimes this happens or you just go. Yep, I can only cast this card in context with Thorkel, at which point it's kind of a dead card because it has to be live with another card. Yeah, if the card says I can only play this in conjunction with another, like I'm only allowed to cast this card when I'm losing the game and there are no other options, or when I'm winning the game, if I have this other card in my hand, the card is not good if I have the game. And this card resolves, and there's a, and there's ETB effects, and I'm not going to get got by a random draw effect. Yeah, just so many conditions. It's a lot of conditions. It's really funny because as someone who played like like the baby pod, you know, there's a lot of like check marks I have to like mentally tick off. Like, okay, is the grave clear? Can I tutor? Are creatures good? Are ETBs good? You know, all of those things. But somehow I feel like it's it. You can prepare for those things, whereas like and, and recover from them with consult. Like if you whiff the consult or like the consult's bad or someone just has the ant like the perfect answer for you, the you know the the endurance, the turn, the earth, the noxious, the whatever. You know, it's just that's it you're just out of the game like you yeah. have no recovery yeah and so i think like that's one of the things for new players is just realizing that like sometimes the things that you've just like you know to be good are just you, your mind changes and you say oh wait i actually really don't like this card because i know like we would play for a while like a couple years back we'd be like there was like a solid period where it's like, oh man, yeah, Thorkel's so broken, blah 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 blah. No mm -hmm. one, everyone's doing the Thorkel thing, and then eventually, we, eventually we play more, and our opinion starts to shift. We're going, hey, I don't know if this card's all that good because everyone keeps killing me when I cast it. Yeah, or everyone ha seems to have the perfect answer for it. Um, I, I, oh, actually, this is this is a good segue into like the next step. Step. Uh, so we're talking about like you know, uh, earning your skill, honing your craft, and whatnot. The metagame, learning to assess the metagame. Um, oh, that's so hard. That's yeah. so hard. Yeah, when it's it's so difficult. Um, but also it's there. There is a few key differences when it comes to like the CEDH metagame, and we've talked about this a bunch. So I'm not gonna like spend forever on it. But a lot of the time, it comes down to the cards in your deck, not necessarily like the the deck that you're playing. The deck that you're playing is going to inform a decent amount, but for the most part, so long as you can identify like the big key threats of the format, 
you can kind of narrow in from there. So, you know, knowing that you should never let a breach resolve, you should never let an adnage resolve. Uh, you should know what happens uh, when Thoracle is uh, starting to get mentioned. Like, I would say, like, those are, like, the big things to really, like... It, you can get got by them like a couple of times but eventually you start to learn like oh these are the cards that everyone is kind of piling their decks around and when a lot of people start piling their decks around these things you start to get a metagame going you start to go okay well is this the best thing how do i counter the best thing is there a next best thing you know how do how does this fit into you know whatever shell that i'm doing how does this um does this fit with my game plan is there is there better win cons for for my game plan yeah um, absolutely and i think the step after that even is then like knowing like okay so here are the hard and fast rules um here's now here are the conditions under which we break the hard and fast rules like mm -hmm. there are times when you you let a thor resolve you're, you're like oh okay someone's casting thassa's oracle uh and i know they have consult in their hand i'm gonna let it them resolve that and their consultation knowing that you can kill them in response because it's just easier to have them out of the game or um knowing that like oh maybe i'm going to let their consult resolve but i'm not going to kill them i'm going to tell them that i'm able to kill them and here's how after the consult is like resolving but before they name the card so that i can be like hey you don't actually want to like you don't want a consult to try to win here because then i will kill you and you will lose instead here's the card that you should name or like consider getting a card that's not that so like you don't die and maybe uh maybe like you can stay in the game because it's more useful to have them around still but you like don't want them winning the game relevant like, stacks piece known information these kinds of things yeah yeah like you're like console yeah that resolves um before you name your card just i'll just remind you that i'm holding an endurance right now like you, sh you probably shouldn't try to go for it because I'm, I'm gonna blow you out yeah like, that type of thing send, i'm gonna send you back to the stone age is what to I'm the do stone you. ages yeah yeah and that's that's a huge like that's a that's a huge discussion in and of itself uh knowing like i think that specific thoracle interaction is such a huge learning point for a lot of players because like even 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 without like saying oh just i'll pass priority but just so you know i have like the endurance like just being like yeah dude it resolves the amount of times that i i i just look at people and go yeah console resolves name your card and people just start sweating <laughs> it's like oh no they have something for this yeah. what, what is it what could, what could it be what do i name do i actually do i actually clear my deck do i try and you know gamble and and see what i can get off of this consult you know, are they messing with me or do they have it yeah exactly <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the metagame of CDH is difficult. Um, it's very, very difficult just because every quote unquote everything is quote unquote playable uh, in terms of like the broad stroke archetypes of the uh, of, uh, of Magic the Gathering. Yeah, they've got you've got your aggro decks, you've got your control decks, you've got your mid range tempo. Like there are all these things. They just look a little different. Like and that's that's another thing is like getting used to identifying like different commanders and what they do mm. oh i think i think that's a step that i would probably put in front of in front of like learning the metagame it's just like like learning how to identify people's general deck strategies just from seeing their commander and the colors mm. they're playing i think well, that's what i would put before the metagame it's just like you have to be able to sit down and be like oh this person's playing blue bat black so they're on thoracle so they're probably playing a little bit more like aggressively slanted list but they don't have a lot of protection, so it's, it's probably going to be aggressively slanted, but, like, with a fair amount of counter spells and, like, interactions. So I got to think about that when I'm, like, taking my mulligans and stuff. Yeah, I was I was going to, you actually kind of answered the question I was about to ask uh, at the same time. Like, how do you, what would you go, what, is, what does that process look like for you?
yeah. of like of like breaking that down when you sit down at a table that you and you see a deck that you're like maybe not like super duper familiar with. Uh, usually, for me, like it's like a lot of if I if I see a commander and I like I don't recognize it immediately and know okay this is the strategy or the one card combo with it or whatever. I usually look at it at its color identity and say okay these are the main win cons that they can be playing. Um, look for any like strange like blocks of text that are super super like relevant looking like if a card says um all of your this creature does something right um all of your this like typed creature um, yeah yeah like, i don't think the card exists but you'd be like all of your uh all of your um warriors have uh like sacrifice them do this thing uh then you can be like okay so this deck's gonna focus on warrior synergies and using this ability to accomplish an effect um or or like if someone's in blue black you're like okay so they're on thoracle console by default unless like unless that that like assumption it gets dispelled later by the players like oh yeah I, i'm not playing console not playing thoracle like those are the things that i look at and i i assume first if it's like red i'm like oh this deck's really fast like looking at those types of things and then um if, it's, if it is a fringe commander, usually assuming that their commander provides some sort of value outside of just uh, just the colors, because otherwise they'd be playing a more well-known, better commander. Be like, okay, so they have some sort of like janky synergy. They're gonna resolve their commander. They're gonna they're gonna like get ignored because no one knows what their commander does, and then we're gonna lose the game to some sort of weird four-card combo or like some obscure twelve-mana combo or something like that that is just like really inefficient but nobody's aware of right and so like that's the thing that i that's honestly when i sit down at, sit down at a table outside of like blue farm or cannon or something like that where it's like these are like the top tier decks those are the things that i worry about it's like oh these are the top tier decks i'm really worried about you guys those those are like the mid-tier decks the the tier b whatever like those decks are obviously still a threat but i'm less concerned about you because i kind of know what your deck does and i i kind of like know how to answer it um there i I get the most scared about other than like the S tier decks. I get the most scared about those decks that are like, what is your commander doing again? Because <laughs> yeah. why are you sitting here across from me? <laughs> the, the, the oh, I sit down. Oh, I've never seen your commander before. Kind of glance through it. Oh, that's kind of cool. They play one weird card that you have to read for the first time or like reread because it's been a while and you go, oh, that's cool. Wait a minute. What does your commander do? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what's happening here. That like realization moment. The moment where you realize, oh, no, they, they actually came to play is what's happening. Um, Yeah, I would say I go through like a pretty similar process. Although for me, I'm always gauging like what their interaction is and like maybe trying to like suss out and like figure out like what staples they're on. Like if we're on like, I don't know, like some absent deck, like some like this, this this deck that no one's ever heard of called Tyam. You know, and no one's ever heard of this guy. It does literally. What does nothing. that card do? Um, you know, a lot of weirdo cards in there. Um, but even you know, you you try and take the weirdo cards step by step because it's really hard to, uh, I guess, prepare and expect for what's about to happen just because you don't 
you don't know what Tyam does. You've never seen this deck before. It plays a lot of weird weird cards that say put counters on things. What's a money counter? There's money counters in this game? That's crazy. And you you start going, okay, well, what kind of staples can they can they play? Uh, okay, so we're working with you know white, black, green. So we're probably playing, you know, all the green tutors, all the evolution effects, all the all the vamp tutors, all the all the demonic tutors, all those things. You know, we you know, they have access to the white, so they're gonna have access to kind of you know the best removal suite in the game. No counter spells, obviously. And you know, you kind of you kind of branch from there, and you kind of form your game plan, uh, kind of nestled between what they're trying to do and like maybe the the weak points in like either their color identity or like the kind of strategy that they're employing. Uh, I don't. I can't really think of a deck that like can't play like generic like interactive spells. I guess if you have like Gigantha in the command zone, you can't play like Force of Will. It's like the most relevant thing. Force of Negation. Um, so it's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's the only yeah. thing I can think of as well. Off yeah. Top of my head. Yeah. Um, and then you know, from there, I I try and just you know, okay, does does my game plan line up with this? Do I think that they have the necessary tools or ability? to pivot into like you know a beatdown plan to deal through or to grind through like a stacks out board to you know put up enough interaction to try and stop you know someone's storm attempts you know can they fight those things um are they powerless against them um those kind of like broad questions are usually like what i ask myself whenever i see a deck that i just don't don't know yeah and i think like a lot of times you just ask the player be like hey oh, yeah like you play Force of Will, right? <laughs> They're like, oh no, I'm running Gigantha the Companion slot. I like, it's double blue pipped. I can't. You'll go, oh no. <laughs> you just put your head in your hands and like, oh god, I had to tap out for this one ring. We're dying right now. <laughs> so asking the player, huh? That's that's something that I typically don't do in my 1v1 magic. Yeah, politics. Um that's that I think is probably like I don't know, to me, it feels like the end game for CEDH. Um, just learning how to politic, when to politic. Yeah, just because it's it, it employs and requires you to use a lot of skills that are not required by game mechanics to you for you to be able to accomplish and excel in. Um, because it's it's not it's a little bit about the game, but it's also like it tests you as like a social person as, as a social being how well you can interact and communicate with your table to one find out what they're doing try and suss out their information uh while also concealing your own game plan but also like making sure that you can curry favor where you need to curry favor yeah and that's i think like one of the like you said the end game that's like the hardest thing to learn is oh yeah how do i interact here why do i do this when do i do this type deal like that's that's the sort of thing where it's like you start off low and you're like like the low powers or whatever blah 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 and then you go uh where you're making deals you're like oh yeah if you attack me um i'll i'll block with this and we can both like draw a card because it dies or something or like don't attack me or i'm gonna kill your guy type deal and then um uh, like or don't attack me for three turns and i'll like i'll do this for you um type thing and then you get like cd commands like, oh, special okay, yeah the command commands are special and then um, you get like CDH, and you're like, okay, well, everyone's playing super cutthroat, not really like, don't really make deals anymore, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yes, you make deals less for sure. That's not really like an intrinsic part of the game, but then you hit that that super high point where you're like, you, you progress towards the end where you're like, okay, guys, here's what's gonna happen in three turns. We all know this is gonna happen in three turns. Here's how we stop it. I'm gonna do this. When I do this, that means you have to do that, okay? If you do that, this gets avoided and we both come out on top and that person gets hecked over. And we both want them to get hecked over. 
or like um like you said currying favor you're like oh yeah you're at four life well, i don't really want you to die right now so yes if you attack me with your timnum i'll block with my one four you can gain two life i'll take no damage because it's literally no skin off my back that type of thing is like i feel like that's sort of like when you get to the really high levels you're like yeah this this seems fine like you, you can hit me i'll block it like favorably for you like that's sort of where i see that like that end end of that evolution sort of getting towards with um with coming into cdh and like as a, a new player like like learning all of these different things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's such it, it's because it's entirely different like set of skills an entirely different muscle that you have to flex in your game because it, sure you can be you can be the best cardboard slinger around but if you don't know how to communicate to your table I, we've uh, we've talked about this a lot and so we don't really need to like rest on this point a lot but you're, you're just leaving you're leaving advantage on the table at the end of the day is what it is what it matters and yeah. if you know oh yeah and if you know this kind of like pathway guide whatever is to you know how do you how does one you know kind of go through the progression of like becoming a better cdh player like that is something that you're gonna have to rankle with and everyone it, and this is this is kind of the beautiful thing to me and one that i've really only kind of had the realization of uh, recently the past like few weeks is everyone's going to come to their own conclusion and everyone's conclusion so long as you can reach that conclusion is going to be effective in its own way it, it, that's i feel like i kind of like rediscovered personality in a in a sort of way but i think being able to express that personality um, and that's that's part of the reason why everyone likes Commander is you get to express your personality because um, you don't need to be you know uh, I don't know like silver tongue tricksters what comes to mind but that doesn't feel like accurate um, or like you know like super cutthroaty or like super like table policey or like you know like knowledge vomiting like you don't you don't need to go to those things you can kind of play to your own strengths and your own uh, you know social you know ups and downs as it were yeah absolutely absolutely and then i think like so so after after you hit politics i think like that's sort of like it's like that's that maslow's hierarchy thing right you're like that that, that self-actualization point where it's, well now now that you know like the basic skills now you have to like try setting goals for yourself and like mm -hmm. how can you grow as a player and that's sort of like where i think where we've kind of gotten to is like we we've sort of got the basic skills under our belts right now um so now we're trying to like set goals for ourselves and be like okay well now that i like now that I'm doing like okay, or like now that I'm like now that I'm succeeding at deck building or whatever it is, like how do I become better? What do I want out of the game? Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, so what and do that's... you want out of the game? <laughs> yeah. So what do you want out of the game? Um, I don't know. I think, and this is this is kind of where I feel like I'm at in my CDH journey. Is like, well, what do you know? I I've kind of risen through my ranks. I've I've put in my time. I've grinded what I needed to grind and figure out what I need to figure out. You know what am what am I ultimately here for? And I think you know, uh, kind of at the beginning of the episode, we kind of talked about like our overarching like goals. I think I think I am here to just put everything on the table. Um, not necessarily in like a, a a turbo way, but I'm I'm looking to play my heart out. I'm looking to sit down be met with a hard game but one that i know that i am ultimately worthy of fighting in and putting everything out there so that way when i walk away i can say dude 
that was sick that you did that. Like, how how did you like manage to do that? You know, like being able to dissect the game and being able to you know discuss those and being able to understand and you know being able to you know return those in kind. You know, and have have those games that you know aren't just steamrolls one way or another. Now, someone played a fish turn one and seat three fed like five cards to it. They paid for the fish for three turns and they just won the game. Like, ugh. yeah. Like I don't frustrating snooze fest. Frustrating uh, snooze fest that I don't need to be here for. You know that's not that's not interesting. You know the, CDH is such a dynamic format, both in the players and in the cardboard. That you know it's it's my goal to make sure that I can pu- come out of every game with just something to say about it, um, and knowing that I put everything out there that I possibly could have. You know, yes, um, absolutely. You know, it's it almost similar to what you're what you're looking for in, in a sense, but you know, just my own way. No, I, I I agree. Well, what's 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 next for you then? I guess Atlas, if that's what you ask me. <laughs> like, like like I said, I think that for me, I'm just trying to trying to figure out that healthy balance of like I'm trying to win, I'm trying to succeed, but also I really just like really just want to play good, high quality games of Magic and have a lot of fun. Yeah, I meet people. I want to enjoy the experience um, which I, I do but like that's that's sort of like that's my goal for the coming year is to do well and also enjoy the experience because i know there were times last year for sure where i was like really frustrated whether it was with myself or others or just like the game in general um and and i i want don't want to experience that but i still want to like have that same put that same amount of effort mm-hmm. and still want to like win like the majority of my games or a lot of my games the same way i wanted that last year and so uh i think that's what's next for me it's like as far as that things goes like just like continue to um try my hardest and also like have even more fun than i did before like realizing that it's just a game even if they're like you feel like there's pressures it's just a game it's just a game why 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 you have to be mad it's only game it is only game. I, I feel like I heard that at uh, like a young age on the internet, and I went, "Yeah, it's only game. Why you have to be mad? No, why you have to be mad?" <laughs> the, the, the hockey player, dude. I love that video. Love that clip. All right. Well, I think we've reached the end of our journey here at Mana on the Rocks for this episode. Atlas, thank you for taking this journey yeah, with me today. It's been a pleasure. I'm, I will continue on our magic journeys together. We absolutely will, as long as you all continue to have a good one. And we'll catch you next time.